It is good to be here with you um, today. Um, we're in a in our series in the book of Hebrews. We're continuing. Uh, we've been working through this book, and for the last, I think I tried to look probably at least a couple months almost. We've been talking about Jesus as a high priest, and today's kind of the end of that part. So if you're like, I'm, I get it. Jesus is the is the greatest high priest. This is it. This is the big finale. Um, but we've been also just talking about all of the ways Jesus is really greater. Not necessarily even these things are terrible, but just that he is greater um, than these things. We've, we've talked about, uh, well, this book, the book of Hebrews, we believe is written to a group of Jewish Christians who, who are being uh, either persecuted or at least suffering are just seeing brokenness and sin and things around them and are saying, I'm going to turn back to what I, what I know this, this, uh, this religion. And he's saying, no, 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 don't, don't do it. The, the things that you saw in that are fulfilled in Jesus. He is so much greater. He's better than Moses and Abraham and the angels. He's the greatest. He you think your high priests were great, that they mediated, they they brought you close to God. Oh, Jesus is God, and he brings you into the presence of God. It's it, it's this great reminder, and I've been encouraged so much, especially during this time of a pandemic. It's one of the things I think I've uh, learned and relearned uh, is this dependence on Jesus, that it, it isn't, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus is good, and then move on with my life, but a real Wow, he is what he's what we got, um, and it's so good. And so we're going to jump right in to this passage. It, it's a week um, in uh, in our community that we're mourning with people. There's lots of people hurting. We have uh, the the trial that's going on, uh, and the Chauvin trial that's that's just wrapping up now. And there'll be a verdict in the next week uh, or so, they think, and. Uh, we have the death of Dante Wright, and we see in the news, just as I turn my phone on uh, today, there's uh, a, a shooting in other city, and there's uh, poverty in the world, and there's uh, just, it's it's hard not to see all those things um, all around, and just brokenness. Um, and today we get are given a word of great hope, and of, re- of really good news, Um as we continue to look at this book of Hebrews. Um, It's one of those amazing things. I I guess the gospel always is good and always connects to to where we're at. Uh, It's one of those weeks where as I'm reading this passage, I was feeling these things and it was like the author of Hebrews was saying, hey, Drew, it's, remember, remember this goodness of what Jesus. So I hope today that it can bring us some some uh, kind of a balm to our souls, uh, a reminder of how the gospel is good and and uh, and give us even maybe a, a way to move forward. This is a passage that's going to help us here as we open up uh, scripture. Uh, the scripture will be right here on the screen or you can open up your Bibles. We're in Hebrews, uh, we're actually in Hebrews 10. Oh, I put Hebrews 8 on here though. It's not right. We're in Hebrews 10. Um, and uh, it, today is a passage, it does this, this cool thing that we often see in scripture. It reminds us what Jesus saved us from, like where we came from. And it also reminds us of where he saves us to, that, that we weren't just like, he just didn't come and say, hey, you you're, uh, no longer have to pay the penalty of death 
And then he leaves and you just go, oh, cool. And then we just, I don't know, go back to what we were doing. But he, he, he saves us from that. And then he gives us this new amazing calling. He actually, we're going to hear at the end, clothes us with himself. And now we have this new identity and mission that's incredible that uh, doesn't just leave us hanging and asking what to do. So let's get into this. This is Hebrews 10, 1 through 18. It's going to say Hebrews 8, but that was my bad. Keep us on our toes. All right, so we're in the book of Hebrews. Here we go. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. Now, we've talked about the law a bunch, but just these rules and these uh, this religion that, that we're using to try to get us right with God, to bring us salvation, to make things right, to fix the brokenness. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it never can never, by the same sacrifices repeatedly, endless, uh, endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Do that. So the law is just this shadow of the good things. They're not actually reality. They're a shadow of a reality. Um, and they don't end this repeated year after year, endless cycle um, of those who are trying to draw to be perfect through the worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered, right? If, if they would have worked, if the sacrifice would have stopped them, for the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. For those sacrifices are an uh, annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take these sins away. I, I, before we get into this over and over endless, I just want to stop and remind us of this, this image of a shadow. This has happened over and over in Hebrews. He said, this, this religion that you turned to that you thought was the thing that ended it, the thing that, that would cleanse our conscience, make us at peace, make us right with God, fix the brokenness. It, we know it didn't work because we kept having to do it over and over again. So the shadow, I, I've been thinking a lot about this, how this shadow, we turn off into the shadow and not to the reality. It reminds me of this moment in my life when I was, uh, I think, probably college, uh, high, end of high school, college. I had the opportunity to go to a concert. I actually was uh, at a Dave Matthews concert. Please don't judge. Or maybe you just celebrated. I but that was the thing to do. So I went to a Dave Matthews concert, uh, and it was packed, right? Uh, the lights were going, uh, people were getting ready. There was a band that came on open for them. And then there was this pause in between, and like people were getting excited. It's starting to get dark out, so the lights are coming on. And this guy next to me starts like building this apparatus, is putting poles together, and there's wires and clamps and things. And all of a sudden, he hoists way above us in the, in the sky. I mean, I don't know how high this is, 15, 20 feet, really high up this long pole with a microphone on it. And it's attached to his, this like fanny pack that's around his chest. And he's got this recorder in there. I think it's like a mini disc recorder. Anyone remember mini discs? Uh, it's wild, right? This would be in the nineties. He, and he, and he turns and he goes like, Hey guys, I'm recording the show. And I thought, no way. They're like, what do you mean recording the show? We're here. You just listen to the show? Oh, no, no. I go to all of Dave's concerts. They must be good friends because they first person, you know, first name basis. And I record his shows. And then I have, uh, and then I send out all these recordings of his shows to friends. Like, apparently there's this immense database of Dave Matthews recordings. 
And then, and I look around and notice all over the place, these poles are going up throughout the crowd. There's people everywhere with little portable recording systems. These poles. So, I, Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I'm thinking that's, wow, I don't even need to come. Right. Cause I'll just listen to it. So we're there, we're enjoying it. It's incredible. Um, they're jamming and jamming and jamming. And then, uh, I, I have this moment like, I really need to go to the bathroom. I can't miss, I might miss my favorite song. So then I, I, I look over at our recording friend and I think, I don't, I don't need, I don't even need to be here. So I, I'll just get the recording. So I went to the bathroom, took my time, stood in line forever, came back, missed a couple songs. No big deal, right? Because at the end of the show, I got his, his information. He then sends me a CD, a burned, remember these, a burned CD of the concert, Dave Matthews Band with the date. Awesome. And I sit down in my teenage bedroom, right? And I put that into my personal CD player. Everyone knows how much I love those things. And I sit down. And I listened to the Dave Matthew concert that I got to go to. And I hit play and I hear people talking. I think, oh yeah, I can feel I'm there. I'm there, I'm sitting on my, my bed with my laundry around, right? It's just in my messy teenager bedroom, listening on my headphones with my CD player to the concert I had been to just weeks before. And uh, we get to that part where I left for the bathroom, I thought, here it is, I get to experience this, right? And uh, the, the band uh, gets quiet and then they start playing the song and people start cheering, yeah, yeah! And I can, oh, that sounds familiar, I can hear my friend who was with me, yeah! And they start playing and I think, oh yeah, okay. But pretty quickly, it's not the same. I mean, it, it sounds pretty good, not the same as being there. I can't feel the 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 boom of the bass or the kick drum. I I don't I don't like feel the waves of people like waving and screaming. I don't I don't I'm not sweating because it's hot in the summer. There's some all these elements that I'm missing. The lights aren't coming in my face. I, there is something very different. It's just this like copy of of the real thing. It's just, yeah, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And so I called my friend, hey, did you get the recording from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's never gonna be as good as the real thing. Yeah. And I think this is, as I'm thinking about this, this is a bit of what we're the authors here trying to get us to think. Hey friends, it, you're listening to like a bootleg copy of a concert and you're expecting it to be like being in the presence of a great band in that moment. It can't be. You can't, even if you turn lights on and off in your bedroom and maybe had friends there yelling and I don't know, it, it, you never could, could do this. And so the author here wants to remind us again, we've heard it's a copy, it's a shadow, right? It's not the, it's not the real thing. The reality though, the real thing does change stuff. And that's what he's gonna to get to now. It does change stuff. It does take this repeated, endlessly, year after year, this cycle of sin, and it does 
do something about it. So we move on to the next passage. It says, therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You are not pleased. This is from Psalm 40. And then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. So the, this endless over and over cycle of sacrifice is not working. It's a shadow. It's not the real thing and not the real presence you know, it's not, I mean, we heard last week that Jesus actually goes into the presence of God and like brings us in there with him. And he comes and says, hey, there needs to be an offering and a sacrifice made. Something does have to be done to make things right. It's not going to work with broken people, but I will come. I will do the will of God. God's plan is to rescue his people and, and I'm going to do it. And so first he said, they, the, the author then explains this, why he quoted Psalm 40. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. So this shadow didn't work. You weren't pleased with them. Though they're often in accordance with the law, they were done, like you had said, but they aren't, there's to point people to that it doesn't work so that they want to seek after the one who does work. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. So he sets aside the first to establish the second. He sets aside this system, doesn't work, to say here's the, the, the reality that does work. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So this thing that was over and over, Jesus has done once and for all. Now listen to this language as it continues. Day after day, he just he's going to say, do you not remember this? Do, remember this history in brokenness and in sin, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice, which never takes away sins. Day after day, again and again, doesn't work. Why is there sacrifices again and again? Because there's sin again and again, again and again. Friends, I, I feel this cycle. I mean, just this week, I talked with a friend and just to check in, hey, how are you doing after um, the, the events this week? As you're mourning the death of a black man in your community, a, a friend who lives in Brooklyn Center, saying, how are you, how are you doing? And he said, it just feels like uh, these things happen again and again. And then later in the week, uh, he, a check-in, he, he shares, I just read the news and I hear all over the world, it feels like again and again and again, we see this sin happen. Again and again, we look in our own lives and the cycle again and again of sin is happening. Whether it's the brokenness of a relationship, people harming each other or not being able to, to make things work, or maybe it's the again and again of the brokenness of just your body. Or maybe it's just the again and again of, of mental health in your life. Or again and again with a physical brokenness in your life. Or again and again with the broken relationship with a friend or a loved one or a family member. 
Maybe it just becomes the bigger again and again. That are, uh, get in your face. You can't push them away this week. It felt like whatever happened, this thing was still in front. How can these things still happen? How can cultures be broken? How can people be broken? Oh, God, when will the again and again and agains stop? They go and they go, and I want to just keep going and finding new ways, reading new books, uh, reading new blogs, uh, watching new things. There's got to be a way we can make everything right. There's got to be. It's a life of again and agains and years and years repeatedly that don't make things right. And Jesus says, stop. He says, I'm going to stop that again and again. Do you understand? It's not even, I'm going to do it right each time. I'm not going to show up each week, each year, each day to say, okay, here's how we do it. I'm going to make it right. And then you guys will sin a bunch more and then we'll come and make I'm going to do it once and for all. It's done. And that's what we hear here in the book of Hebrews. But when this priest had offered for all a time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. This is really significant. This priest, this is Jesus. Remember that system that you're, that you're thinking about going back to, this religion, where day after day, over and over, you kept trying to make things right and it wasn't working. Well, Jesus does it once. He, he gives himself. He's the priest who not only offers a sacrifice, but the sacrifice is himself. And it's done. The sacrifice is done. He makes a way to end the again and agains. And then it says he sits down. Now, it, it's interesting. Right before this, in verse 11, it says, day after day, every priest stands. Well, in the actual ceremonies, um, the priests these, the Jewish priests would walk in and part of it was that they did not ever sit down, that they stood standing to do the work, uh, whether it was sacrificing an animal, actually sprinkling the blood and all the elements, uh, doing all the steps and all the rituals, entering the Holy of Holies into the presence of God. All these things, they would stand and they would walk out standing up. They would not ever sit. Right. And then it says here that hit Jesus offers them. And then what does he do? This is significant. He sits down at the right hand of God. This might miss us because, uh, I mean, for some of us, we sit all day and then we take a break by standing up, right? Or our watch tells us, hey, it's time to stand and walk around because you're sitting too much, right? Or, I, we, we have like all these health issues because we all sit too much, right? And we have to like, we have to like pay organizations for us to go and stand and move around, Um but this it's different. This is flipped, right? This is saying, think of your friend who works hard all day and has been on their feet all day and they can't wait to get home and sit down. Let me just sit down. I remember my dad as a, as a kid uh, would work real hard all day and he'd come home and sometimes he'd just say, just give me a minute. Let me just sit down for a minute. I'd say, dad, you want to do this? Can we go throw a baseball? Can we? And he'd just let me sit down. There's this... The again and the again and the again and the again. It's, it just doesn't end. And then Jesus sacrifices 
does the work and sits down. It's over. It's done. Sits down. And he, he's incredible. So what about, what about this brokenness? What about this, these evil, evil motives, these broken hearts, these plans of Satan around us? It says, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Understand this. Picture Jesus on his throne. He's sitting there. He, he's done the work. We can trust in his work to make things right. And this isn't the end, friends. In the story of God, he has created us. We have fallen and turned from him and he has come to rescue us. He's done the sacrifice and that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is that he's on his throne and he is going to put his feet. He's going to walk all over these enemies, Satan and sin and death. They will be no more. He's going to put his feet up on them and say, you're, you're done. There'll be a day where that will not be a thing. There'll be a day when I call my friend and I say, hey, how's your day? And he'll say, it's so good. Again, again today is so good. I don't remember the last time I shed a tear. I don't remember the last time I said, why again? Instead, I wake and I say, oh, God, you've done it again. How oh, good. And so here we, we understand what God has rescued us from, the again and again, the sacrifices that don't work, the working and working, working to get salvation and forgiveness and brokenness healed that doesn't work, and then he does it. And now we get the... Now we get this great joy of putting faith in him and saying Jesus and looking to him. And so what is he saving us to? And this is what the passage moves us on to. For by one sacrifice was made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Right? You hear this again? For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's us. We're being made holy, made set apart, made to look like him. And this one sacrifice is what makes us perfect. It doesn't feel perfect. Right? This last week we looked at this, uh, this idea that because the story isn't over, but he is making us perfect. And what does that even look like? Well, it, the passage ends like this. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. I love it. This passage talks about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. This is the covenant I will make with them. This is the covenant uh, I'll make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their hearts and I'll write them in their minds. And he adds, their sins and lawless acts will remember, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Here's what he says, I saved you from that cycle. You have been forgiven. You, you have been pulled from the agony of over and over again, the work of over and over again. And now what am I going to do? I'm going to put my spirit in you, in your heart, in your mind. So your motives and your thoughts, the wisdom that you're going to use, the way you're going to move out into the world now, it's not going to be a way to make yourself right, to make yourself uh, more comfortable or more powerful, to bring more authority to you, but it now changes 
It changes your mind and your heart. And it makes me think of this passage. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, God has rescued you from the again and again into a place where you now get to be clothed with Jesus, holy and and dearly loved. Clothe yourself, right? Clothe ourselves. I, I Google searched, clothe yourself with Jesus. And of course found this, right? Jesus, I think it says, just believe him instead of just do it. Jesus, just believe him. Is this what this passage is saying? Hey, wear Jesus shirts? No, of course not, right? I just want to use any opportunity I could to show a ridiculous Jesus shirt. It says, therefore, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with what? He's going he's gonna to list a bunch of stuff here. And you know what this list is? This list is Jesus. He says, now I've saved you from this cycle. We're, we're clawing and figuring out a way to make ourselves right, to make ourselves better, to, to just even just solve this brokenness of again and again and again and again of sin. And he says, now I've pulled you from that. You now get to be clothed. You get to put on a shirt, put on Jesus, walk into this world that is mourning, that is hurt, that needs healing, with compassion and with kindness, humility, recognizing that you can't do it, but God can with gentleness, patience. Well, just that list. What, what a gift we get to be. What, a, what good news we get to bring to people with just compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Oh, just stick with each other. Even when it's hard, Forgive one another. You're going to hurt each other. What? Forgive each other. How? You forgive each other. Uh, bear with one another. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave. What's our example? How, when do I forgive? You forgive like Jesus did. How is that? Pretty incredible. Pretty bold. Pretty radical. And over all these virtues, over all these things, we get to wear love. We get to put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Friends, we get called, pulled out of the again and again cycle of trying to make things right, and Jesus makes things right. We've been forgiven. We've been loved. We've been shown compassion and kindness and humility. We've been shown gentleness and patience. God bears with us. He forgives us. And, we, and he's loved us so dearly. And now we get to go do that. We get to be called his family. And God's family is going to get to work. And we get to bring this to those around us. Ooh, I don't want to see that. So this is my encouragement to us today. As we end this, as we hear the end of this big kind of the finale of Jesus as high priest. We've heard the same thing over and over. Ultimately, the the job of a high priest to, to be the mediator, to be the connector with God, to bring people into the presence of God, to make right this broken relationship and all broken relationships, that's been done by Jesus. And we not only, uh, we, we don't have to rely on just... A, a, a bootleg kind of copy of it where you're hearing people in the crowd yelling stuff while Dave Matthews is trying, but we get to be there. 
We get to be in the presence. We get to experience all that. We get to clothe ourselves with that. And we get to bring more into that. We experience the, the, the true goodness of who God is. So we've been saved from the again and again into the being clothed and bringing love to those around us. This is great news, friends. In a time when we get to make decisions on how we're going to act, how we're going to speak, what we're going to post, how we're going to move forward, we get to say, Jesus, we need you. We can't figure this out. You have sacrificed once and for all. Now clothe me in yourself and I get to move towards people healing and fixing a brokenness can come through us being clothed in these beautiful things of Jesus.